This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome here live with Dr. Jeff Weber here this amazing Sunday morning here in L.A. We, oh, God, it's going to be like 90 plus today. It's great. And it's clear and it's really beautiful. Anyway, you're here live with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. We want to talk to you. We want to help you. I'm also here simulcast live over Instagram, my Instagram live. So this goes for you guys as well. Uh, if you have any questions, you can send them to me. Better yet, join me here live on Pet Life Radio. All you have to do is go on to PetLifeRadio.com. You click on shows, scroll down to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and you have a Zoom link. Just click the Zoom link, and you'll be joining us right here live on the show with your pet. As I said, I've said it so many times, especially now you're learning with COVID, that you can't always just see your veterinarian. You can if you want to wait till December. But uh, if you have a question with AirVet, for example, you can go on live right now, and uh, this is the way it's going to be. I, and I truly think that even after COVID, and hopefully that's sooner than later, we are going to have an option for many of you to just deal with your veterinarian virtually. No need to get into a car, no need to fight traffic, no need to sit in the parking lot, just be able to get a lot of your questions answered. And uh, it's a great way to go. The old fashioned way to get me as a wave back at my people, hi, is you can always call us toll free 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. But you know, it's so much, so much more fun to come in and, and we can chat. Plus, I get to see your dog. And you know, it's great. People, you know, like they have these chat, chatting, texting with your doctor, in my opinion, a waste of time. I mean, very, very few things can be solved on a chat. Sending a picture that can help. A picture's worth a thousand words. So as you know, I like to peruse the news here on Pet Life Radio. So this one is a um, another group of cats, large cats, large group, actually. Five of Akron Zoo's lions have uh, been tested positive for SARS-CoV-2 infections, caught it from an infected staff member. And fortunately, uh, the zoo's uh, tigers, snow leopards, and jaguars are negative. So it's just those five lions. But I mean, that's kind of a drag. Here's one. Now, interestingly, right after the show here live, I'm going to be doing a segment for KTLA. And the story appeared in the LA Times yesterday or two days ago. No, no, it had to be, I think, Wednesday or Thursday on the number of dogs now because of discarded, they believe much of it due to discarded cannabis products are ending up in emergency rooms because they're getting a hold of these cannabinoids and some of these products. There's so much unknown. We're going to talk about that live on KTLA. That's Channel 5 here in Los Angeles right after our show. I think I'm on like at 945 LA time. If you can join it, that'd be great just to check it out. But the bottom line is uh, ASPCA Poison Control, check this out, fielded 3,923 calls about cannabis ingestion last year compared to only 1,436 in 2017. That's a huge difference. That is over, it's almost triple actually. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And dogs possibly are injecting products discarded in public places. Why somebody would want to throw something like that out, I have no idea. They should have eaten it themselves or smoked it or whatever, but they threw it out. Maybe it was inadvertent. Some actually believe it may be intentional to hurt these dogs. Who knows? People are crazy out there. You know that. Anyway, what to look for? Loss of coordination, dilated pupils, dribbling urine, slow heart rate, unusual sensitivity to sound, touch, etc. So that is kind of what we see. Now, 
Another story. And this is a weird one, too. We've heard, and everyone's heard, that's why people are so afraid of bats. I'm afraid of bats. Why? Because we know that bats are a reservoir for rabies. And there are a lot of, so check this out. An Illinois man who refused post-exposure prophylactic treatment after, listen to this, he woke up and with a bat on his neck, okay? Now, there's apparently a bat colony was found in his home where a bat, how do you have a home that you don't know there's a bat colony? Don't you know? Don't you see them at night flying around? I mean, that's so bizarre. And I think that's pretty weird. But apparently they found this bat. It was on his neck. It tested positive for rabies. The man refused treatment. He didn't think he was bitten. Who knows why? I would have done it. Most sane people would have done it. Anyway, he died of rabies. Very sad. And he had a pretty full life. He was in his 80s. He was like 80 or 81. And he, you know, would you, if you even thought there was a chance of being bitten by a rabid animal, wouldn't you just say, for, it's not like back it was 40 years ago, we had to get all those injections in the stomach and it was painful. I have a neighbor across the street who is so petrified of dogs. Why? Because he grew up in Mexico and he was bitten by a dog when he was a kid, suspected rabies, and they put him through that treatment. And he is so freaked out by it. That's what happened. It was terrible. And then just to add to that, and speaking of rabies, because and obviously when you get one story about a disease, you can have another one. This just came out too. Obviously, bites from domestic dogs cause more than 99% of the nearly 60,000 deaths from rabies worldwide. So obviously, vaccinating dogs is one of the most effective and economical ways to prevent rabies and thus prevent human deaths. And um, in fact, in the US and Canada, which has on very, very strict vaccination programs, mandatory for dogs, rabies is virtually limited. We still see it in other wild animals, which then can still infect a dog. So anyway, it's just one of those things that we just have to know is a potential problem. And let's see, this story came into, I thought it was very interesting, caring for pets in a house fire. You know, you think that obviously get them out of the house. If you get them out safely, the story's done. End of story, right? Wrong. Because basically it says pets that have been, been exposed to either the smoke or ashes, all right, from fire still are potentially dangerous. There's some potential dangers in that ash and the smoke. So you want to firstly bathe them immediately. All right. Rinse them. Not, you have to give them a bath. Rinse them off. Get all the crud off if you have some soap. If you're in a pinch, by the way, a great soap to use if you're ever in a pinch to bathe an animal or you just want to use it regularly, which is OK. Believe it or not, not a baby shampoo. No, no, no. There's something better for dogs than a mild baby shampoo. You know what it is? Dawn or Palmolive dishwashing soap. You get a good antibacterial dishwashing soap. And that is actually, I guess it's a pH balance thing, and it is safer and more effective for cleaning your dogs than a human baby shampoo. So keep that in mind. Anyway, you want to get those, there are toxic particulates on the fur as residue from the smoke. You want to get rid of those. And obviously, the, the smoke exposure by itself can cause damage to the skin, eyes, obviously respiratory tract, and even the nervous system. So don't say, ah, I got my pet out. We're safe now. You still, if there has been exposure to ash or smoke, these are the things you definitely want to do. This is something that kind of also blows my mind because it shows that people sometimes in an attempt to just grasp at straws, they'll try anything. And they read, and it's out there, that ivermectin is potentially, some believe, is good for treatment of COVID-19. So if you're exposed to the SARS-2 COVID and you want to uh, treat it, 
all right, the COVID-19, the virus, even the new Delta variant, put yourself on ivermectin. That's what some doctors do or recommending, or it's been in print. So this you think is, so what are you doing? They're going to the veterinarian and trying to get COVID or they're going on vet websites to order ivermectin. And ivermectin is a commonly used antiparasiticide that's used in animals for mains, for mites, for intestinal parasites, for heart. I mean, there are many things that ivermectins are being used. Well, guess what? When you get the animal version, if you read the labels, most of the animal liquid ivermectins, all right, are, they say they're for like large animals, they're for cows, they're for bulls, they're for horses. Those animals outweigh us by 10 times sometimes. So you're giving a small dose and you think, plus it's not just the actual ivermectin medication. It is what, it's the vehicle, all right? It is the liquid that it is made in so it can be given to animals that is palatable and or injected, whatever the case may be. So therefore, you have something that you have no idea how it's going to react with you. You have no idea how to convert it into the active, pure ingredient. And therefore, what's happening, people are getting sicker and even potentially dying from doing something as dumb as taking medicine into your own hands without checking with the authorities, in this case, your own doctor, is what, what you should do in case of, and anyways, so come on, have a half a brain and uh, don't use veterinary products. You know, it's interesting. See, it reverses also. You think, oh my God, well, I take this medication. I'm going to let my pet have it. Well, guess what? There are so many differences. There are some medications that we take. I remember this, for example, there's an Atarax. It's like an inhistamine. It could calm you down. And uh, it was, uh, I'm trying to think what it was, but I think in a dog, it's a milligram per pound. If you have a 50 pound dog, they're going to take 50 milligrams. I once took a 10 milligram Atarax. 10, right? At 170, 150 pounds, 160 pounds, I took a 10. A dog takes a milligram per pound. They take 50 for a 50-pound dog. That's three times. Okay, I, I would take, if that were the case, I would need 150 some odd milligrams, right? Well, PS, 10 will knock you on your behind. So it just shows the way some of the drugs work for us is very different. And then you have drugs, on the other hand, that we can eat a sugarless candy called, you know, with has xylitol as the artificial sweetener, and we're fine. A dog gets xylitol. And they can end up with kidney failure, all right? Raisins and grapes couldn't end up with kidney failure. Or how about cats with eat acetaminophen? We take acetaminophen, you have your headache, you have this ache, that ache, right? You take it. Meanwhile, cats can take acetaminophen and die. So these are things we have to be very, very careful about. So anyway, when we come back, we have another more story or two. Then we're going to talk a little bit more about this whole thing going on with pot and pot products and CBD and THC. And let's sift through this and see what's going on. So I'm going to go fix my Instagram and we'll come back after these short words. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun, stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with your 
your help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers Famous Memory Foam Cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select Petco locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. So I just want to tell you about a company that I came across, and I really think what they do is great. Carlson Pet Products. Very, very affordable. The company specializes in creating pet safety products to keep your pet happily protected from the puppy stage through their senior years. They have a variety of products. They have pet pens. They have foldable elevated beds, crates, pet gates. I mean, all phenomenal stuff. Their pet gates I love because basically they fit any size opening in your home. And most of the gates also have like a walkthrough door. It's a small door for your pet to pass through without having to remove the whole gate. So it's really, really cool. Look them up, carlsonpetproducts.com. Get a 25% discount and free shipping if you use the promo code PETLIFE, P-E-T-L-I-F-E. Check them out. You're going to love them. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet, Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And I'm back here live at Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best Dr. Jeff, my simulcast with the recently disconnected Instagram Live, but I got it back going. I still don't know why that happened. I'm not even touching it. I'm like, I don't know, I'm four feet away. I, it, it makes no sense. Anyway, we talked about the house fires. And now I want to talk also one thing. You know, people, as our weather is changing, though today in Los Angeles at 90 degrees, you wouldn't know it, but with clear, beautiful blue skies. But people think that as we get into colder weather in many parts of the country, we can start ease up on our allergy concerns, our fleas, our pollens, et cetera. But guess what? There are many, many autumn allergens that are out there. So if you have an allergic pet and that pet is subjected to being outdoors, grasses, weeds, trees, pollens, or even a lot of indoor allergens that people don't even think about, feathers, wool, kapok, tobacco, tobacco smoke, that's right, dust, house dust mites. People say, oh, I I don't have any house dust mites. Yeah, you probably do. If there's dust in the house, chances are there are dust mites as well. And um, they're microscopic. You'll never even see them. They sweep up, but they're probably there. And some dogs are allergic. And there are cases, this is really funny. Obviously, a lot of people are pet allergic. Cats seem to be more allergenic than dogs. But I mean, it happens. I was, look, I grew up 
allergic. When I tested as a kid, I was allergic to cats, dogs, horses, sheep, goats, cows, and hay. You can imagine what I was like in vet school. My classmates knew that if they needed a tissue, just go ask Jeff, because I had pockets full of them, especially when I was doing large animal rotation, where I'm allergic to all these large animals and the hay they're bedded on or eating. And I'm sitting there, you know, with the, the coveralls, and you got you got pockets everywhere in coverall. I, I, had, I think I lived little, little Kleenex things in almost every single pocket. So, uh, and interestingly, even though, I mean, I was obviously my... 20s, my mid 20s in vet school, I have no allergies now whatsoever. Zero allergies, don't take anything. And it's the weirdest thing. I outgrew them. I think I grew them pretty late. In fact, in vet school, I used to give myself allergy shots because I used to go to the student health center and I would sit there, you know, especially during the winter, you can imagine everybody getting their colds and their flus. And that thing was packed solid, all for a shot. I said, to heck with this. I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor in training. I've given zillions of shots by now. I could give myself a shot. So I did. I started giving myself shots and avoiding the uh, the long lines at the uh, student health center. But now, no shots, no nothing. Anyway, back to autumn. So don't give up. If you have animals that are allergic, you still want to, whether it's the cytopoint, the apical, whatever you've been doing, just know that don't be freaked out if your dog still has fleas, you should still continuously control certain parts of the country in the South and, you know, the panhandle states and, you know, Florida, Louisiana, Texas, you're going to probably need this stuff year round because fleas are a problem year round in that type of climate. Georgia also. So anyway, the Carolinas, they have year round flea problems. So you just know that as you, you know, the Southern part of the country where it's, it doesn't get that icy freezing cold. Now, if you happen to be in, in Minnesota or, or, uh, or Ohio or Illinois or these kinds of places, uh, Kansas, oh, my God, and Missouri, there it gets cold during the winter. And I've, I've been to Kansas City in the winter, and uh, it, it is cold. I don't think the flea is going to do well in that cold weather. So uh, keep that in mind. However, just know that if you have like a cabin someplace and in the wintertime, you think you're safe because all the fleas are going to die. No, the larvae, they go into like hibernation. All right. And there's sitting larval stages in a carpeting in your, your beautiful cabin, your summer cabin that you don't go into all winter. So what happens is you get there and as soon as spring hits and the weather gets a little warmer and you might, humidity might go up a little bit. And then all of a sudden these larvae start hatching and you walk into your cabin. It has been, you know, basically vacated for months and you are attacked by fleas. So you just know, just know you got to be careful out there. Anyway, so the story I'm doing KTLA um, really blew my mind. It was a story that it was the, appeared in the LA Times of a huge surge of cases of uh, like the ASPCA poison control line. Uh, University of Minnesota also has a pet poison hotline, and um, they are being inundated with calls. The, the number of calls has almost tripled. Um, they, they say, again, I'll, I'll go through those numbers because it's so insane, but over almost 4,000 calls in the last couple of years Compared to back in 2017, there were 1,400 calls. So it is frightening. And why? What's going on? Well, the thought is that, well, first of all, people, because of the legalization of recreational marijuana use in many states now, there are more and more cases of animals being exposed to the products, whether it's you know the edibles especially. First of all, edibles are pretty potent. And we know there's certain toxicities of marijuana. That includes, obviously, the cannabinoids with the THC. So THC is that really the toxic ingredient. Now, CBD, pure CBD from hemp. In fact, in many states in California now, veterinarians can even recommend products that are 100% pure 
industrial hemp derived and products with 100% pure CBD. But even that, there are benefits, we think. I often believe there are. And in these point counterpoints, I usually take the pro approach, but there's still a lot we don't know. And some dogs, like, like with any medication, any animal can have a bad reaction. Now, as far as products with THC, that's where the danger lies. Why? Because there are so many varieties now. And back, you know, 40 years ago, when I was at Berkeley in the, in the early 70s, you didn't have a lot of choices. If you bought marijuana, you bought marijuana. And that was the, maybe some hashish, maybe some tie sticks, they called them, which were a little more potent. But you didn't have 40 varieties. You go into a pot store now. I, mean, I remember going into my first pot store. I was in Aspen, Colorado. And it was more curiosity than anything else. And I was amazed, amazed how many certain different ones there were and, and different strengths and different, you know, the call outs were different as far as what you can, as far as the effects that it would have on you. And if you want so-and-so, get this one. If you want, you know, be up or you get this one. If you want a down or get this one, all of these things. So it is, it's a problem. So we don't know. There's not enough regulatory government regulation going on. There is not enough standardization within the industry going on either. So we just don't know enough about it. So we do know what is uh, what we call this. There's a, a dose that is the LD50. LD50 means lethal dose where 50% of the animals getting it can die. Okay. That's pretty serious biz, right? We know the LD50, but we don't know below that with just toxicity and to what degree of toxicity we don't really know enough yet. There's not enough studies been going on. There's no FDA approval of any marijuana product. So we just be very, very, very careful. Don't experiment on your pets. Don't think that because X amount gives you a buzz that you're going to be your pet, your big 100-pound dog is going to be safe. No, absolutely not. So we need to be much more careful. We need to learn a lot more. And so what I would recommend is be very, very careful. Another thing to think about, if you make something an edible or you buy an edible, that whether it's a cookie or a, or a brownie, you know, the old you know, the classic chocolate chip, you know, um, pot brownies. Okay. You're going to eat one. You may be even have, I know the edibles now people have told me they're so powerful. They even take a half. So you can imagine that little half or a quarter, what that can do to an animal. And then what makes it even crazier are these pet parents that are thinking it's so funny and so cool to see your pet, right? Stoned. So what do they do? They go ahead and they give it to their pets and they video and then they post the videos on Instagram. I'm sure you've seen them. That's not funny. That's dangerous because you have no idea what the symptoms, what the effects of that are going to be for your pet. So things to look out for. Basically, you know, it's um, hypersensitivity to sound and touch dilated pupils, possibly salivating, dribbling urine, um, getting very, very depressed, getting weak, low body temperature, the heart rate can sometimes go low, sometimes go high. So if you see your dog stumbling, right, or just not with it with no any, you know, real specific thing that they got a hold of. And in fact, I've seen animals come in, usually brought in by a younger person, I'm talking high school, maybe, you know, uh, early college, and their dog clearly is stoned. And I bring up the subject, if I didn't know any better, is there anything around the house, any drugs, any medication, anything you could have gotten a hold of? Oh, no, 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 we don't think of that. I said, well, I got to tell you, if I didn't know any better, this looks like pot. This looks exactly like what pot poisoning looks like. And they go, well, I said, I mean, we need to know because treatment, and then all of a sudden they'll come clean. 
And they go, well, you know, he did get a hold of one of my brownies or one of my things, right? But you can't tell my parents. Please don't tell my parents. All right, I'll, I'll keep this between us. But we got to do something. So unfortunately, it's it's happening out there. So anyway, time is up. I got to go. I got to get ready. I got to actually, I have to look actually more professional. Not that for you, I don't look like a professional, but I can be more cash. For KTLA Channel 5, I got to put on a button-down collared shirt, but I'm holding off on the tie. It's summertime. It's going to be hot. And I told them, no tie, but I'll put on a shirt, a regular shirt. So um, if you're available, check me out on KTLA 5. They say I'm supposed to be on in like 15 minutes. So uh, anyway, for my audience here on Pet Life Radio, great for joining me. Thank you so much. We'll be here next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. For my Instagram, I usually like to chill a little bit, hang, and, um, and, and talk to you guys a little bit more. But as I said, uh, because I'm going uh, to do my show, I got to get ready. I'm doing a test in about three minutes. So great to see you. See you next week. Uh, if you have any questions, either one, you can always get a hold of me at drjeffatpetliferadio.com or just send me a text or a chat or a question here on Instagram and I will get back to you as I can. And uh, it's beautiful out here in LA, guys. So for those of you out in LA, have a wonderful day. See you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.